All right. The appropriate response to Sunday is... (sighs) (sighs) Isn't that the truth? Doesn't that remind you of that thing when you were a kid everybody seemed to have where you pull the string and this thing circles around and it says, a cow says, Mm. moo. Who didn't have that, right? Who didn't have that? I mean, there were like 10 toys to choose from. Right. And you either had all 10 or a variation of. Very good. No, you're absolutely right. Fantastic. Thank God for Fisher Price. Yes. Right. (laughs) So Sunday goes, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Monday goes, ah. Exactly. A little higher pitch. (laughs) Well, let's get started. (laughs) Do it. Take us into a nice Sunday reflection. It is August 1st, if we can believe that. And here it goes. Amazing. Good news for many, bad news for some. The quality of your memories is largely dependent upon your personality, mood, emotional intelligence, and how you prefer to curate them. Two people sharing the same exact experience can carry two very different memories. Finding that your memory bank is flooded with smoldering, putrid, hot garbage? We fix that. (laughs) Oh, boy. So this, again, I wrote this during my prednisone fog. And I got to tell you what. While my overall cognition suffers while I'm on prednisone because I I go to uh, wacky memory and emotional times, it really, I get these obsessive thoughts that just won't leave me alone. And it takes me to places that are further down the rabbit hole than I've ever been. So if there's something that I really want to consciously drill down on, prednisone is my drug. And because I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a drug guy. So obviously I don't outwardly seek this out, but when I'm on the drug, I find the benefits uh, largely outweigh the negatives. Otherwise I wouldn't take it. I mean, that seems like pretty basic. But some of the side effects that used to plague me and I used to get upset about are actually hugely beneficial. And this is a perfect example of this. So while my emotions were chemically restrained on this drug, I'm then able to access the logic in my observations from the past. So it's like cleaning off the windshield for the first time after you've gone through Kansas. (laughs) I'm assuming people have gone through Kansas, right? And there's all these bugs, and you, you get used to the fact that you can't see through the windshield, right? Well, prednisone takes all the emotion away and leaves me with my logic brain. Hmm. So it's like seeing through the windshield for the first time in a long time. And you're like, ooh, look at this. I didn't notice that. So oh you're gosh. not a doctor, but is that true for everyone? Or is that how your body is experiencing prednisone out of curiosity? You know what? I Because I, I'm a selfish asshole, I... <laughs> I don't really care. And I never really drilled yeah. down. I, I guess I, I know that some people do re- report having a whacked out emotional state on prednisone. Okay. And in fact, that's kind of what most people dread about it is, oh, I'm going to be wacky for a while. And let me tell you, there's a couple of people that I know that do use prednisone and I uh, make my presence a little bit more scarce okay. during that period of time because I know I'm in for I it. I had no idea. And Oh yeah, no, prednisone will really mess with you mentally. And and in fact there there is a long-term side effect uh which is called um steroidal psychosis where if you're on it long enough, it'll it'll screw you up to the point where you become psychotic. 
So I know that there is a propensity for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm living proof. I'm definitely living proof. <laughs> so what I've done in this case is I've taken the logic of my observations and now taking really bold, solid examples from my past, I can now clearly explain how memories are malleable and specific to the individual's emotional state. And I don't think that that I'm alone in understanding this, and there are probably some papers written on it somewhere obscure in studies. Um, but ultimately what that says now is that your memories are controllable. That's like a mic drop moment right there. And further than that, it means that they're a reflection of who you are and how you view the world. Without a doubt. So, David, there's there's three parts to retaining a memory. There's the encoding, storage, and retrieval of a memory. And you're speaking to exactly the encoding, like how your brain gets inf- information. It all starts with perception. So you're exactly right. The perception of how you see the world is going to drastically change a memory or your recall. I couldn't agree with you more, but are you ready to have your melon twisted? Always. And I'm not even on medication. Here's my postulation because I've seen it play itself out. And I have a solid example to back this up. In the encoding phase, you could actually be encoding the same way that your co-experiencer is encoding. So let's just, just for argument's sake, let's say that the memory is positive, that you're, you're forging. You're encoding this memory. You both agree that it's a positive memory. Therefore, it's encoded as positive. Okay. So you would think in that theory that you just spouted, that it would always be positive in your memory. Sure. I've got news for you. That can change. And I have solid examples of how it did change Ooh. for someone that I was close okay. to. So there was a period in time where one of my former partners walked around the house. She was in a, in a, in a very down mood and walked through the house and was saying, well, this picture reminds me of uh, the fact that you were upset because we were going to be late for catching the boat in Tahoe. And the picture was us in embrace, dancing cheek to cheek on the deck of a dinner cruise. Oh, fascinating. She was the one that put that photo in the frame. So when she encoded it, It was a positive memory, but over time she distorted it and she walked the house literally pointing at every single photograph and recalling a negative event that had precipitated during that experience. So the encoding initially was positive, Uh but now it's totally negative. So she is, is proof positive that you can absolutely change the feeling behind a memory. You have the control to change those memories. So these otherwise previously cherished memories that were caught in photo and framed are now a reminder of being bitter and angry and sullen and a a constant negative reminder of the relationship. So the retrieval of the memory, so where she's pulling it out of her brain, that has, wow, the retrieval part has changed. That's right. And it's conscious. Mm. It was very clearly conscious. And so 
my further down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh my God, this is fascinating shit. So I started to meditate on, okay, why would that be? Okay, well, they're obviously, if you're walking the planet as a person that's bitter and angry and sullen, and, and there's a history of that in the family, that it, it just, it's passed down from one generation to the next, that makes sense. But how about this for size? Check out this theory. I believe that to some degree it can be unintentional out of self-preservation. Follow me down the rabbit hole. Yeah, with this. explain. Knowing knowing that the relationship is basically over, uh-huh. you need to demonize the memory and scuttle it. Otherwise, it would be painful and give you cognitive dissonance to have a positive memory of a positive past that doesn't exist in the future. Makes total sense because you know why? When you were telling me the story of her memories she's now pulling from that, my first thought was, ooh, is there a little riff in this relationship that yep. perhaps it's nearing the end? So that makes, that's a total, total plausible theory and explained very well. It makes total sense. I can analogize it all day long, but it really is almost its own analogy in the sense that, well, I didn't like that car anyway, yeah. so I'm going to sell yeah, it. Yeah, you're so right. It's like, no, self-preservation. you loved that car. Uh-huh. Right. You loved that car, and now you're, you know, you're pointing out the flaws in it because you're, you're already, you've already decided to let it go, so you need to downsell the hell out of it. So walking the entire house and pointing out all the negatives that were associated, maybe even fallacy-based... Uh-huh. <laughs> Because honestly, I, I don't remember the fact that we were late for the boat, but it, it would make sense that I would be a little agitated that I don't want to miss the boat, literally, <laughs> and, and possibly jeopardize the beautiful time that we had on the boat, which would then, again, it, if, you, if you looked at it through my eyes, I was intent on making sure, ensuring that a good time was had by all. And if I had to apply a little bit of pressure to make sure that it wasn't lost in the process, my intentions were good. Do you see where that absolutely trumps that memory? But it's, it's will. She didn't want to see the positive. She didn't want to see anything positive in the relationship because she knew it was coming to an end. Which is so scary that back in the day, all trials were based on recollection and eyewitness of the account. So imagine that the person who you picked up out of the lineup looks similar to someone who did you wrong in the past. How your recollection is now going to be twisted. Absolutely. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily something of a relic from the past in the court system. What what does an attorney immediately do when there's someone on trial? They they go right after their character. Yes. So that they can say, okay, we've got precedent here. Uh, Is this person likely to have robbed the store? Well, he's got two other uh, issues in his past of theft. So immediately it's, you are, you're basically condemned by your character. So I don't see that there's that much of a departure in this where, okay, I know that the relationship's about to, to come to a finality. I don't feel comfortable in having positive memories because if I do, then I'm going to suffer. So therefore, I have to indict the entire memory and make you the bad guy so that I can go on feeling like I can move forward. And it's because it was based on character and based on 
past behavior justifiable to move on. So what do we do about this? If we find ourselves, say I was the gal who is now pointing out all of those negative memories from those pictures, how, how do you snap out of that? What's our help? So this is where I wish I was still on prednisone because I'm now, again, I've got that the bugged windshield where I go to the emotional side. There, there is definitely a logical side, and I'm not in touch with it at the moment. But let me, let me, let me tell you this: <laughs> <laughs> in re- relationships that occurred after that relationship, I'm not an idiot. I snapped a bunch of photos. We put the photos on the wall, and occasionally I would say, "Hey, do you remember that day?" And see what would come from their response. I was doing the litmus test, so to speak, to see to see where the relationship was based on their response to the photo. And I've never since that time had that same response. And I think it's, it, I'm sure the individual that I'm speaking of is not alone, but I also do think that it's more rare than I think people would give it credit. So my, my knee jerk response to you is to reorient the person and go, now that I know what I know, I would probably say, are you okay? Is everything okay? Why, why would you frame a memory that you encoded as positive and now see it as negative? I think that there's probably something that needs to be discussed about this. And because I'd seen it and experienced it firsthand and it affected me firsthand, I would be a little bit on my guard and a little bit. That's a red flag. Right. That's a huge red flag. And it's, it is, unfortunately, it's also the baby with the bathwater mentality that we've brought up on so many different occasions. Right. And it, go, it goes hand in hand with that, with that type of mentality. Well, the whole thing's fucked because the, there's a chip in it. You know, all right. Well, if, if that's your limited thinking towards the world and you're not willing to make an effort to, to change it or to fix it, you know, it's no wonder you're alone. It's no wonder that people detach from you and they do it in fine fashion. Like, uh, I'm out. Right. And then right. disappear. Uh, those are clues. Those are clues. So if you're alone or you're, you're constantly pushing people away, this might be something you need to perk your ears up about and say, wow, I need to figure out what it is in me that won't allow me to be satisfied with my imprinting on these memories. Which is perfect. Why do I have to take it to a negative? It, that, that is the perfect segue into the homework. It's kind of a reminder recap homework. We talked about perception again, but exactly this. So you've identified step one the awareness the conversation it's it's you know you you do it you know others do it you bring that to the attention and now your encoding has everything to do with perception so it's time to now change that perception you hold if you want to be a healthy functioning human being i mean there's that that too I think I think okay. that some I, I, we we make the gross assumption that people want to be happy. I'm here to tell you that not everybody wants to be happy. There are people that I know that you know that we know together mm-hmm, right. that enjoy being in the negative. So they think. <laughs> well, that's that's the their comfort zone. Sure. And and how do we react to it? <laughs> we're repelled by it. On, on one end, we're compelled to try to help them. On the other, it's clear that they don't want the help because they're just totally happy being upset. Look what the world did today. They're the, they're the um, God, what was that one character? Eeyore. They're the Eeyore. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But good good so. for good for others who can recognize that in someone and learn from it. Honestly, it's a how not to be and it makes you feel so much better when you're able to shun that from your life. Right. And and assuming that people want to maintain a positive, healthy, loving relationship where there isn't this dramatic departure out of nowhere, it we could absolutely help folks through our workshops and the exercises that I've got lined up just from this going down the rabbit hole are pretty friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know it would help the folks that are teetering on the edge that want the help, you know, and this is one of those cases where you can't save them all. And if they, they want the help, we're here. True that. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pledge that I can save everybody. It's the folks that really want the help. We can certainly reorient and give you some tips and tricks on how to avoid the pitfall of what I just explained. And then therefore likely being alone <laughs> for a good portion of your life. It's all about the tips and tricks. It is all about the tips and tricks. So, Michelle, what was your mic drop moment in all this? What was your picture picture frame drop moment? <laughs> I never want to be the Eeyore. Never oh. want to be the Eeyore. And I will do everything Amen. in my power for those Eeyores that want to change. We are here for them. Oh, first you need to know that you're an Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> and then dial us up. We'll help you out. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody really, really deeply wants to be the no, Eeyore. For sure. So we're here for you. Michelle, take us out on this Sunday. <laughs> I'm trying to incorporate Eeyore donkey. Get out, get out, get out there and fly that kite. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try it on. Yako King. Oh, very good. You went with the Eeyore. I went with the donkey. Yep, I definitely went with love Eeyore. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great Sunday. We love you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's gift of the day. Check back tomorrow for another gift from your friends at the Red Kite Movement.